0: Welcome to the Alchemist Inkwell. This is your spiritual podcast for grounded people. And if you're listening, I am holding on to my giant crystal orb of, uh, I think it's like dragons. It's a dragon stone of some sort. It's very earthy, very grounding. And this week, the energy is really calling for that kind of stuff. And we're going to talk about exactly why, how to do it, how to navigate when other people around you may be feeling the pressure and the tension and what you can do if you're feeling it too. Absolutely. (laughs) By the way, I'm Emily. Oh yeah, and I'm Crystalin.
1: <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We're good. You know us. It's great. Um yeah, this is there's a lot of energy this week and I don't in any way want to make you scared of it or make you afraid of what's coming up because it feels like I told Crystalin this before we started. I was like to me when I look at the energy, it feels like catharsis. Which catharsis feels really nice once you've done it, but building up to that catharsis, all the stuff that has to bubble up to the surface, all of the like that's coming in, that feels less nice. The catharsis bit is when you actually find like word vomit or real vomit out of yourself and all of that gets to clear and, and move. So that's kind of how the week feels.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, especially, oh. you know, we're recording this on a day where Saturn is conjunct Venus. So this is a couple of days before it comes out, but the energy is kind of floaty. So you'll probably still be, if you're still feeling it at the time of listening to this, it's okay to sit with your uncomfortable feelings because that is exactly what's being drawn up for us right now. Um, And, and feeling restricted in our feelings, you know, Saturn Mm -hmm. is restriction as much as it is support. And this conjunction blends those energies And Venus is considered right now besieged, which will end once Venus gets on the other side, because yeah, besieged by Saturn and Mars, the two malefics in the chart. So it's like a bully on one side, And, you know, this, this scary stern person on the other, if you saw my skit for today, which is the 28th of March, you can sort of see that dynamic in the skit because the moon Mm -hmm. is there too. I I made myself laugh at this one, which happens a lot, you guys. So I apologize. I'm probably the person who thinks I'm the funniest out of all the people in the world. Like I always appreciate my humor probably more than other people do, but that's what makes it fun. And I Mm -hmm. encourage people to do that. Like Always appreciate your own humor because it's yours. So we will be talking about what's coming up for the rest of this week. And just knowing that like April is a very dynamic month. So I will be posting by the time this airs, I will have posted the month forecast for astrology. So by the time you're listening to this, you can go check out the entire month. A reminder, because I did have some people saying, you know, that's a long video. I, I totally agree. I actually lose my voice when I do that video. But what I do for you guys is for every every lunation for the full moon the new moon of which we have two this month and for the season change from whatever zodiac sign to the next, I actually put a little link in the description. So you can go to the nearest moon phase or sign change and then find the transits that correlate with that. And the dates are all in there next to what the transit is too. So it's easily navigable in that sense if you need to. And I totally feel you.
1: hmm because especially this month, there's a ton of energy. There's a lot. It's probably
0: going to be a longer video than usual, just because there's so much to talk about. So I want to make sure that everybody understands whatever you need. I can get you there quickly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also just want to express gratitude for this awesome community. And the other thing that we want to talk about today, um, on this show is our spiritual beginnings because we realized both of us have shared this separately um, and in different capacities on our own platforms and own channels and all that different stuff. But here we've never actually given you guys the full breakdown rundown of where we started with our spiritual journey and our writing journey for that matter because they're so intimately intertwined um and how we got to where we are and it's really really easy when you're starting out in your spiritual journey to fall into the trap of seeing people like crystalline and myself or other spiritual people that you might follow or, or be you know connected with in some way and seeing them and being like oh my gosh i want to be there immediately but i'm not there and then feeling bad about yourself i know i fell into that trap <laughs> many times and we don't want you guys to fall into that too because it is a journey um, and everyone's is unique so we thought it would be really fun to tell you guys a little bit more about ourselves on kind of a personal level to give you guys some inspiration in regards to your spiritual journeys and how you're traveling forward in the spiritual path is also really beautiful and I mean our journeys are still unfolding so that is another thing we want to do and we also just wanted to express gratitude for you all Uh, we spoke at the women's indie podcast summit over the weekend and we had a really cool experience with that and we really appreciate our community and the way you guys show up in a huge way. Also, we have some really fun guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. And we know that sometimes it's like, oh, we want to just talk. Like we had a couple of comments like, we just want the energy of the week and those kind of things. And I totally understand that. So that's why with guests, we do also give you like the energy forecast and mm-hmm. outlook and all of that. But it's really important for us to uplift other people's voices on topics that we don't know a lot about. Um And it means a lot to us in a big way. But that being said, with April being as intense as April is, we are going to pretty much have those as kind of almost bonus episodes, I think, because we have so much energy stuff going on this month. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's kind of where we're where we're going, I think, today. And plus it's a bookend episode. So like we have all the fun stuff this today's episode. Like our quintessential Alchemist Inkwell episode. Right. So on that note, um, do you want to start talking about astrology of this week? Or do you want to start telling us a little bit about your story?
0: You know, let's do the stories first and then we'll I wrap think. it up into the astrology and the book ending.
1: I love that because I that. love
0: the idea of, of telling a story and then capping it off with how we can move forward with it. So Emily, I'm totally interested to hear your story. I don't think I've heard enough of it. So would you like to go first?
1: Sure. I will gladly tell you um, my story. So I, when I was a kid, some of my first memories are actually of different spiritual experiences I had without realizing they were spiritual experiences at the time. So when I was a very small child, I grew up in Lake Tahoe. I was lucky enough to be born and raised here. Um, Chris has been out to see me, but it is one of the most activated places genuinely on the planet. It is so intense and so beautiful. Um, And I was really lucky to have a childhood that was Very, I uh, we grew up in a tiny, tiny little cabin, um, but it was right next to the beach, like steps from the water. So it was a lot of playing in the forest and a lot of like free rain, just go do what you want kind of energy from my parents, which I did really appreciate. Um, So it took me a long time to realize that the things that I was seeing, sensing, feeling, everybody else didn't. I thought it was very normal. So when I was playing like air quotes, pretend games, it was because I was actually like channeling beings and the pretend people that i was talking to were very much there different spirits of the forest different energies like my imaginary friend who is definitely one of my guides still to this day was not imaginary but i just thought that was what everyone else's names for what i could actually see were um i could see them i could feel them i could walk into a room of adults and know what everyone was feeling what was going on that was always very overwhelming for me. I had my neurodivergency in there, which doesn't necessarily help, but all of that stuff combined was just very, very intense. I had a very strong um, sense of clairsentience as a kid too. So I would have a lot of like very strong physical reactions to energy, those kind of things. However, I thought it was totally normal for like years. <laughs> it was super normal. I thought everyone was doing it. I just thought everyone had different names for what it was. And then I remember I was like eight or nine, maybe even younger than that. And I like started to kind of like click that maybe this wasn't what everyone else was going through I was in um the later years of elementary school obviously and I was playing on the playground and I remember a yard duty was basically like what are you doing you can't play that kind of stuff here because we were playing like witchcraft or something I don't know what it was um and to me I was like what like that was kind of one of those moments of like what do you mean play that like yeah we're playing with these but why can't they be here they're here anyway like it was just weird to me and it started to kind of the pieces kind of just started falling into place like oh do other people not see this? Is this just me? And so I got really concerned about that. And I went to talk to my mom about it because when you're a kid, your parents are gods. And so I went to talk to my mom and no fault on her. My mom is a wonderful human being. Um, I was also just keep in mind, raised very, very Catholic. Uh, I am confirmed Catholic. I went through all the catechisms. We went to church every Sunday. It was literally right down the street from me. Really open and supportive Catholic church, though I do want to say that. Like my Catholic church was very inclusive and very much not the same experience that a lot of people had in the catholic church and i do want to acknowledge that later on in my story i went to a different catholic church and it was not that way but this one was beautiful and very welcoming and very accepting um and just genuinely filled with beautiful people there wasn't a lot of very bigoted ideas or anything there it was it was really a healthy environment um you went to my mom i was like hey mom and i'm sure i explained this like absolutely like shit because I was eight (laughs) I was just like I see these things and I feel this feeling sometimes it's hard to explain and I basically like dumped all these things that I was starting to realize was weird on my mother and she kind of was just like okay go play outside (laughs) that was her pretty much her response um and I, you can tell, you know, from my chart, but I'm a Scorpio moon. I internalize things very, very, very deeply. So to me, I was like, oh my God, my mom doesn't know what this is. Therefore, it's not okay. Therefore, I'm weird for feeling it. And that is unacceptable. So I started the process of trying to shut it down. I was also at that age where like playing intense imaginary games was starting to kind of go away too. Yeah. For everybody else, right? For everybody else. (laughs) Exactly. For everybody else. And so I was just like, oh, people aren't as willing to play these ancient storyline-esque games. I was also super into, um, I never read children's books. Let's just put it that way. I really didn't ever read children's books. My mom was a librarian um, and I spent tons and tons of times in the school library. And even from the time I was like six or seven, I was like picking up, Uh, bill wallace books but not the funny ones like ones that are geared toward like fifth grade boys i was like i'm gonna read these ones it's about surviving in the wilderness and like just different i never really did that like the my big series that i fell in love with in the seventh grade mind you i was 12 was the clan of the cave bear there is active r.a.p.e in that book often and i was just ancient stuff so I was always that kid too because it always felt more real and more depth and whatever and like those are inspiring but everyone's trying to shut stuff like that like those magical worlds kind of down at that age so I was already like okay I'm weird and I was (laughs) I've been I'm five foot ten almost five foot eleven and I have been this height since the fifth grade so it was already like people were like backing off for me and that was just an extreme sense so all of those things combined started to get me to shut it down um and that shutdown process was only exemplified when I moved from Tahoe to Gardnerville um, in the seventh grade, middle of seventh grade year. Um, the problem with that is I went from a school where my grade had 25 children, all 25 children I had known since I was two, and I didn't have to be anything but, but myself. I had no masking basically at all and up into that point. There was no need for it. Everyone had known me forever. I had known them forever. We had all seen each other at our worst. Like There was no need to mask at all. It was not, it was totally fine. Um, I went from that to a grade of 800 plus in one day in the middle of the school year. And I completely shut down at that point. And that started a really destructive pattern of me completely limiting my abilities. And I'm sure you can relate to this. But when the second you start to limit your abilities, the amount of fear you have in your natural life is unprecedented yep. everything weird magical spiritual that happens to you not only do you feel like you can't talk about you also feel like isn't going to be believed and therefore is terrifying it's going to hurt you i couldn't watch scary movies i couldn't be around anything even remotely like suggestion of spirituality at the same time i was moved into that other church which was <laughs> good um i also have gone to multiple funerals in that church and I every time there's a funeral in that church i'm just like why are we here is this is bad energy to be put to rest in Um, it's, it's really, really not good. And so everything was just kind of sitting on top of me. So from the time I was basically in middle school to the time I was about a junior in high school, I was completely doing everything humanly possible to shut it out, which of course didn't work. Like you either can shut it out totally. And like, then you want, it's a struggle to get it back in a big way, or you try to shut it out and it doesn't work. And then everything is just like really painful and achy. Um,
0: that was kind of the space I was in. And it's rough, right? Because you're trying to shut it out, but it's trying to level you up. It's trying to mm-hmm. get your attention. So it's only going to become more prominent as you try to avoid it. So that yeah. avoidance and the fear that goes along with it. Yeah, totally.
1: And my guides, I can look back at it now and just like see all the times my guides were like, no, 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 <laughs> do the, this. And like, I know them and we've had conversations about them and I like about those times and, you know, different experiences I had in high school where I was so incredible incredibly protected and different things that like, I should have died. I was not, mm. um, I just, I <laughs> just to be openly honest, I did a lot of drugs. Let's just put it that way. In high school, I did a lot of drugs and I got a lot away with doing a lot of drugs, um, period. And it was not always great situations. And I wasn't always very smart about it. Um, anyway, I was never a kid that drank though, because to me that shut off the spiritual stuff doing the different drugs that I did, which was never any necessarily hard drugs, but the drugs that I did would open up the spiritual stuff and other people would want to talk to me about it. And that was like, yes, I can be myself for like a little bit of time and other people are going to be receptive for it, like about it for like a little bit of time and that was so relieving and that was literally what I was doing it for is because I just wanted to get to exist as a person for a little bit of time um and it was really really nice and um that being said I also kept myself excruciatingly busy I was an honor student in everything I worked full time from the time I was 16 um on I haven't ever really stopped um but yeah I had a full-time job through most of high school um I managed and ran a painter and pottery studio which was really fun too. Uh, and that was great, but, and then I opened up a nonprofit one it was the whole thing, but anyway, so I was doing all of that stuff to keep myself as busy as possible. So I didn't have to deal with my own energy. And then I lost a bunch of friends junior year, um, and not lost a bunch of friends and they didn't talk to me. They died. Uh, my swim team in a period of two months, we had two people die and it became one of those things of, I can't block this out necessarily, which made me way worse. <laughs> Uh, to the point where my senior year of high school, I was having my mom sleep in bed with me almost every single night because I was so afraid of ghosts because they were actively talking to me. And my sweet mom, again, she didn't know that that was why I just was terrified. And I was like, I need you to sleep with me. So she was, what would happen is I would- I was having nightmares I was being communicated to by ghosts. And so Hope, my main protector guide, would wake me up by shaking me. So I would actively wake up being shook physically. And then I would freak out. Doesn't mind. She was protecting me by doing that. But to me, it was like horrific. Um, and that all that ended up lending me in a severely abusive relationship. Um, because I was looking for external validation. So what happens when no one understands you, especially no one understands your spiritual abilities is you shut off your own intuition. (laughs) And so all intuition goes out the door and that's what happened to me. So people who weren't good people, I was letting them in still, because I didn't really, I didn't want to have any feelings of what they, whether or not they were good. And I was just looking for someone to be like, Hey, I validate you. And I see you as a person, um, because I felt like I couldn't have that because all this spiritual stuff was all shut off. And, um, that's what landed me in the really abusive relationship uh, right in the middle of my senior year. And um, it was horrible. Also this whole time, just to touch on it really quick, writing was my escape, which is how I became a writer and how I became an author, because that was the only place I could be magical and people would get it. Um, So that was, has always been my escape forever, um, which has been nice because that's always been really supported by my parents. But anyway, I was with him for four years. And in that time, it was fight or flight the entire time. There is nothing, I guess it was probably the beginning of my, it was the end of my junior year that we really started getting into a relationship. And then I was with him for four years. Um, and yeah, that triggered my fight or flight the whole time. So it's impossible to be magical when you're in fight or flight constantly. It just doesn't work. So my intuition basically was entirely shut off during that period of time. I had two kids. I was a teen mom. I am a teen mom, I guess not anymore, but I was at the time. (laughs) And um, when, and looking back again, then too, like my guides were very concrete. My spirit guides hated him. One time, one of my guides threw dishes at him. It was great. I thought my house was haunted every time. My house was not haunted every time. I was very certain it was. I was like, oh God, there's a ghost here. It was totally just my guides being like very present and being trying to get him to go. A uh, bunch of horrible stuff there. Finally left him. And when I left him, got back on my own feet again, I realized that I had kind of run out of things to be scared of, that I had been scared for so long and all the worst possible things that happened to me that I was like, I'm gonna open up my abilities again. And the problem with that is even though I wanted it, it didn't work because I had blocked it off so much that I absolutely couldn't open them up again. So um, I spent years basically getting acquainted with them again. And I had done like tarot stuff in high school and like started to like, again, it was in these spaces where people wanted to listen to me because they were in a degraded state. And so I was starting to like, let that stuff open again in that zone. And so it was like getting in touch with that again. I actually got in touch with my guides which is a kind of longer story, but you know, my protector guide, things that happened to really lead me to open up. And after reading like, I don't know, hundreds of books, multiple certifications and multiple different things, all these different Mm -hmm. things, I finally was able to realize that for me, the kicker was it needed to be fun and it needed to be simple because I couldn't handle spirituality if it was just another thing that was gonna be hard that I needed to work at. And so that's why now I do everything very simply, very openly, very like, hey, let's teach you how to do this in the easiest way possible, because that to me is alignment. Um, And yeah, so it's kind of grown from there. But that is like very, very nutshell, didacted version. Yeah, it's
0: it's amazing. There's there's so many parallels. I'm constantly like our astrology shows that we have amazing synastry, but even Uh in the parallels in what we've gone through. It just constantly surprises me. And I honestly think, you know, knowing your astrology, as you mentioned, you have that mm-hmm. Scorpio moon, but you're a Libra rising that Scorpio moon is in your 12th house. That is in an untouchable kind of place for you. So the fact mm-hmm. that you reached out to people in order to be able to sort of ground yourself and say like, I can't touch this. So I need someone here with me that can witness with me. I mm-hmm. honestly, for having little to no guidance externally from yourself, I think you did a fantastic job navigating that journey. Thank you.
1: Yeah. It was an interesting part. And this is the thing I always recommend for people too, is like discovering how, like what it feels to be aligned for you or when something's mm-hmm. in alignment for you is the best thing you can do for yourself spiritually. Mm-hmm. Cause if not, you're going to take everything that everyone says is truth because you aren't going to know better because you're just starting air quotes on both of those things. And so if you understand that your alignment is really what dictates what is truth for you and what's going to work for you, it's going to change everything. Cause like, I mean, I read books, by everyone. I listened to so many different podcasts, like all these different things just to try to open up. And really the end game was like, honestly, none of it really was what I needed. I needed to just have fun with it and take the pressure off of it and do what felt good. I spent a lot of time being a Hellenic polytheist during that time. Again, ancient stuff really felt good. Turns out one of my guides is a a Greek deity that I was always very anchored with. Um, And it's super important to me, which is why I was so drawn to that. And I get that now and I take that foundation. I'm not a Hellenic polytheist anymore. Definitely polytheist, but like in no way or um, you know in no way is it the same as it was but it was just like trying and sampling out as many things as I possibly could just to discover my own alignment and that is the single best thing you can do for yourself spiritually it's just like go to a buffet and try all the food and see which one you like the most
0: (laughs) and if something gives you food poisoning don't eat it again
1: (laughs) yeah exactly Um, so yeah, now I've been, you know, actively practicing this in kind of a professional sense and a very deep spiritual sense for like so professionally, like six-ish years dabbling, but like actually working on my own gifts and abilities since, like I said, since I was in high school and was in those spaces um, where people would listen, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was forced. But I, hey, it worked, and that's what I had to do. Um, yeah. So yeah. Now we live in a space though where we can actually talk about this. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, not a chance. You could not. Like there was nowhere you could talk about this space. It wasn't, it was like, I remember seeing um, Sylvia Brown on like some daytime talk something when I was in middle school and being like, oh my God, there's someone that speaks about this openly. Like no way. And I would watch her like insatiably before my mom got home for the day and then would like turn her off immediately so no one could see that. Um, and I think that, anyone who has a spiritual inclination has some version of that type of story (laughs) of like someone is doing this stuff and it's not it's different from like oh that sounds cool or like I like like ghost investigation shows it's this feeling of like someone is like me it's that representation in media space and it's such an interesting if you're any type of like marginalized community seeing yourself represented in media is just so insane. And I'm not saying that psychics are a marginalized community at all, but just that feeling is the same, mm-hmm. you know, as when I read a bi character in a book and I feel that level of representation, it's the same feeling. And so, and yeah, yeah. So that's my story in a nutshell, a <laughs> very, very big nutshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and again, writing took me through all of it understanding that channeling was writing a lot during a lot of that time I was a ghost writer um you know writing books for other people writing my own books on kind of on the side and it is really what healed me and definitely what came out of that abusive relationship was being an author in a, in a real capacity and I'm super thankful for that because not I think I would have lost my mind <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I guess so that. What is your story? I know there's so many parallels already, and I love. I'm really excited yeah. to hear it all the way through too, because so, we bounce yeah. off of each other across the country at exactly the same times, and it's so weird.
0: It is the coolest thing for me. Um, it is a from birth thing, especially recognized in hindsight. My weirdest thing, and this shows up in my chart too. My my astrology mentor. Larry always points this out because I, ha- I also have a Scorpio moon. However, mine mm-hmm. is conjunct Pluto and my ascendant. So my first house, like first and foremost, this is how I see and greet the world. So I have been hyper aware of death since before anybody explained it to me. <laughs> and I would every time mm-hmm. to this day, I'm 30, almost 32. And every night, there, there's this awareness of death that I just sit with as I'm trying to fall asleep. And when I was a kid, and sometimes still now, that would bring about anxiety attacks. So uh-huh. I was the little girl who was running, screaming out of my bedroom, telling my parents I didn't want to die. And they're like, who told you what death is? <laughs> so that was most of my childhood, which really kind of cued off to my parents, like there's something different here, I guess. Uh-huh. And then my, uh, my experience with masking actually didn't come from that. It came from, uh, I, I learned to mask on my first day of preschool because when mm-hmm. I was dropped off at preschool, it happened to be the end of playtime and they played a song that was supposed to cue to everyone that you clean up. And I was not aware of this. So I sat down and just started playing on my own as I was kind of used to, you know, I had my own world that I kind of lived mm-hmm. in and someone came over to me and they were like, this is the cleanup song you're supposed to clean up. Are you stupid? And so I learned not to talk first, first experience. And so I always stood out to teachers because I would excel on my schoolwork because I would have dialogues with guides and and whatever Mm -hmm. sources that were external through learning and through associating and, you know, letters to me had personalities numbers had personalities. So it was how they Mm -hmm. all worked together that helped me learn how to spell and count and all of those things. And then throughout school, I only like just kind of thrived in my own world, having occasional like best friends and then that best friend would leave and then new best friend would come in or whatever in the real kind of space. Everything else was me on my own at home, playing in my own mind. The the names of the characters would change, but there was always somebody hanging out with me. And I was content with that for the most part. And then when I was, I think eight or nine, Um, I lived most of my childhood with these weird episodes, didn't know what they were. My parents tried to get them diagnosed throughout my childhood, but I hadn't recognized that there was this process going on until it got really bad when I was eight. And I got diagnosed with, um, here's a Google it for everyone. Moya Moya, which my principal at the time thought was either a Hawaiian Island or a Pokemon. And really it's a Japanese word that means puff of smoke. And it's a neurological, uh, progressive disease or syndrome that just closes your capillaries in your brain. So I didn't have circulation to my brain. And we knew this because we went to a doctor's appointment and came home and on our voice message machine, because there were no cell phones at the time, there was a message that said, come back. (laughs) So we had to go back and I needed brain surgery at 10 years old. And this ended up being somewhat of an activation for me because I did end up dying during that surgery, but it was before this That stuff started getting really interesting because we were also, um, I grew up in the Protestant church and we were very involved. And so when we realized that Krista needs surgery, there was this prayer request and I was on prayer lists throughout Canada and the U S but there was this woman in our congregation that said, Hey, I'm doing this sort of prayer energy healing kind of thing. It can't hurt. It can only help. What if I work with her before her surgery to help her sort of energetically and spiritually prepare? So I started learning what she called therapeutic touch. And she taught me how to meditate, how to center myself, how to send love to people, how to see and feel energy, which ended up being something that I could just recognize that I could do. So I was starting to be able to move energy around and all this stuff. And um, so like right before I went into surgery, people were talking to me and I had this like sense of calm and I was like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Because it was one of the first times that I recognized I was talking to something. Mm -hmm. And so 10 hours later, I wake up to find that I had died during surgery. And ironically, at the moment I died, this woman who was teaching me energy therapy was in an airplane, got this overwhelming feeling that I needed energy, wrote down in the book she was reading what the time was and sent me energy. And it just so happened to correspond with the moment that I came back unassisted. The doctors had my my head open and literally they said it was so chaotic because of capillaries bursting all over the place. They stepped back. And just didn't know what else to do. And we're contemplating like salvaging and like stopping and coming back to it later. But then I I apparently came back unassisted at the same moment that this person sent me energy. So it was really cool. And Mm -hmm. that was when I was like, okay, something exists. Right. But then I started questioning because of my faith. Like I didn't want to be a bad person. Person Not of God. Bad. It wasn't even necessarily religion, but just my connection with God that I felt was important. I didn't want to mess up. So I rejected for the longest time any psychic ability, things like that. My dad watched John Edwards. That was my representation. And he used to say, You could do this if you tried. Well, every night I'm panicking about death. So no, I don't want to talk to dead mm-hmm. people. <laughs> You're like, this but, is horrible. I love right? that. So I started getting more into meditation. And we were going to go to this uh, metaphysical uh, paranormal conference in Gettysburg. And we were going to go see Chip Coffee, who at the time was really big as being a medium on paranormal state. He now works uh-huh. on kindred spirits. He's amazing. Um, but we went and we ended up sitting in the front row. And the week before we went, I meditated and I was like, give me something to help me prove that this is real. I'm just so tired of doubting. You know, if you're there, uh-huh. give me something in the real world. I need, I need a clue. Right. And they said at that conference, something big is going to happen. I was like, okay, fine. So we get to that conference and chip's version of giving readings is you have to raise your hand if you want one. So he'll do a gallery reading, but you raise your hand if you are looking for a message and that mm-hmm. guides him of of the hands who needs the message and who do I channel in, which is a lot less exhausting for energy. So I thought that was kind of cool. So but, that's how
1: I always do group readings. Yeah. <laughs> I understand I, everyone wants a message, but I need you to volunteer that you yeah, want it. I, yeah, totally I
0: kind of go back and forth, but,
1: um, at
0: one point he said, everybody put your hands down. And he got really frustrated. And I was watching, I was just thinking, oh, wow, that's like, woof. He said, you know, usually I do it this way, but every once in a while, someone who's supposed to put their hand up, doesn't put their hand up. He walked straight in front of me and said, what is up with you? And I was just like, I meditated and they said something important was going to happen. And now I guess this is it. And he was like, yes. And then told a room of 200 people, this person, is also a medium. And for the rest of the time that we were there for like another two hours, whenever someone asked a question about being a medium, he would tell them what it was like, then look at me and say, aren't I right? Isn't that how it is? And relate with me. And draw me into the identity of this being an area that is like normal. And I was Uh just sitting there like, yes, that's exactly what it feels like. So it was this super validating experience. And from that point on, I dove into finding mentors, getting certifications, doing all of these things that if I needed so much to let me trust me, I wanted to Uh be able to give people evidence to trust me. And that led me down the, you know, where I am now, where it's gallery readings, but let me validate for you, the energy first and, you know, psychic readings, but let me validate the energy first Uh, astrology. So I can confirm with data, what we're seeing and what we're picking up on and that kind of stuff. So it's been, I was 10 when I had the surgery and I started learning energy therapy. I'm almost 32 now. So like that expanse of time where I've been really working with uh, physical healing, mediumship, metaphysics and like the occult practices, I guess you would call it. Occult, by the way, means hidden. Uh That's all it means. So I really want to like clear that up for people. Occult does not mean evil or devil. It just means the hidden or secret arts, which is simply that. So Mm -hmm. that is, you know, and it's very Scorpionic. I understand everybody's out there like, oh, well, she's Scorpio rising with Scorpio moon and Pluto. Yes, absolutely. It's in the chart. There's evidence for that. Huzzah. Um, So that too Over time, though, I did also experience the same thing. I was actually almost on MTV once for being a psychic medium. But when I interviewed with them, I was like, I feel like you're going to exploit the people I'm working with. At the time, I was only working with one client who was experiencing cancer. And I didn't want them to be filming us going through that together. So mm-hmm. I was like, I really don't have anything for you. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to paint it in a good light, I can talk to this person. But and they were like, oh, you must be thinking of, I think it was VH1, we're MTV. And I was like, no, you're MTV. <laughs> like you're not going to exploit this. So You're I like, didn't get the on TV. This early
1: 2000s. You exploit everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I wasn't on MTV, but I was almost on MTV, which was kind of a validation and initiation in and of itself. Like you could be mm-hmm. on television because you have this. So that was really cool. And it also helped me stick to my integrity to say, no, I reject this invitation because it's out of integrity, which is a huge factor for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, my, my very <laughs> fast, speedy, neurodivergent, psychic, nutshell, that goes on there. I was, I had this like physical initiation when I died during surgery and came back and just got really fixated. Scorpio for anybody wondering is a fixed sign. And a lot mm-hmm. of my energy is fixed. So I get very narrowed in and mm-hmm. have a one track mind and get like focused. And uh, that's fortunately my hyper fixations and special interests fall into this realm. And I've been able to make use of it and it's such an honor to be in a space like this with someone like Emily, who balances my energy so well, but also compliments enough that we can see each other and still balance with that Libra beauty that you have. So.
1: I mean, I think we're really exceptionally lucky because I feel the same way yeah. with you because I am really not fixed. I'm very mutable. And so it's really fun to have that balance come through in so many different ways. I also just love that you shared that you could you threw it to like your guides who, even if you didn't know who you're talking to at the time and you're just like, all right, I need to trust myself. Give me an opportunity to do that. And then yeah. they came through because that is a huge thing. I kind of did similar with my guides during my mm-hmm. awakening journey as well. Or I always call it my reawakening because I came in extremely awake mm-hmm. and then- had to re reaccess everything. And even like I said, through high school and doing the healings and work I did that way too, it's just having to reaccess. Anyway, I call it reawakening, but similar thing of just like, okay, show me that I can trust this. And then having them come through is so important. And so I always love to highlight that. And I'm glad you highlighted it too, for people who are on that journey of like, Hey, put it on this team that knows more than you to prove it to you, to show it off to you, to give yourself an opportunity to understand how special and magic you are. Cause everybody is, and everyone can do this stuff. It's just your own journey to, to open it up in your own way. Cause Kristen and I do our intuition stuff very differently. Yeah. We ask ourselves each other for pings all the time.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's awesome because like, I know you mentioned your um, polytheistic that the, that was the
1: term you used, right? I actually consider myself or whatever you want to call it, but yeah,
0: (laughs) I consider myself ultimately monotheistic in that. I believe in the universe and the expressions that kind of trickle down through the, basically the chain of being, which is another, um, like sort of what worldview, but I, I view everything as sort of a branch and then a branch. It's like a family tree that all comes from the same thing. And that Mm -hmm. one thing is what I go back to for a source. Um, kind of like when we go to the creator, in seventh I, I plane kind of energy. That. Yeah, I But I acknowledge that, that, that like when I'm focusing on a certain thing, I'm going to give it a name to sort of channel into that specific subtopic. And okay. that's where I go like Venus, I'm looking for these kinds of things. So I'm going to look into the Venus energy of this or Saturn. I really need some structure and focus right now. I'm going to go into the Saturn things. So I think for me, it's a both and, but I also love that I come to you when I want to understand more about like mythology and that, and like different deities and the expressions of different Mm -hmm. deities. I learned a lot about it when I was in Egypt, which is another hugely activating experience. And uh, the the guide that I was with explained all the Egyptian gods as netters or natures. Mm -hmm. And that's when it really clicked for me. Like, Oh, just the way that we, you know, archangels are kind of like netters because they're Mm -hmm. a different expression with a focus. Mm-hmm. planets are kind of like Netras very much because they're an expression with a focus. I consider them to be like a grandfather kind of netter where the, everything else kind of comes down and you can have multiples that kind of answer to the moon and Venus mm-hmm. and other blends. But I think that's really cool that you have that area of story that I get to tap into. And then I try to be helpful as possible with like different planetary things and those archetypes as well. Cause it always does come back to like an archetype, but the expressions of that archetype, it's so nice that we have this range going on. Yeah.
1: That's really, really fun. And I just really appreciate you. And I'm, I I (laughs) love hearing about your awakening journey because it's always just so, it's so interesting and so unique. Um, And I think a lot of people can relate to that too. Like when they got a diagnosis and that kicked Mm. off their journey too, which I think is yeah. just really impactful and important. Also just your way of seeing the world is so incredibly unique and I just value it very, very deeply. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to hear
0: that because, you know, I only have my experience and inside my own head, like we all do. So when right. someone from the outside validates your experience, like, you know, John Edwards, or when you were experiencing yours, it's always helpful. So to anybody mm-hmm. out there, hopefully this validates your experience. It also empowers you to help validate others Yeah. because we are all looking for that permission to believe what we feel
1: yeah and even in the time period when i was like shutting stuff down and i did leave the church um when i was i think maybe 15 or 16 i was like i'm not doing this anymore um but during that time period too it's even then even still i was still like intrigued by these spiritual things that was when i was still you know watching the psychics on tv and being like oh like i wish i could do that knowing i could but like that level of like honesty with it so anything you're drawn to anything that's always kind of called out to your heart even if you were scared of it even if you want to put it to the side even whatever it is that is stuff for you and I just want to like always highlight that like that is stuff for you I wanted I went to college and majored in archaeology I did not finish I had a baby during my first year whatever but now I work with deities and those things from those ancient. like it's all for you if you're drawn to it and so just I always say like that is your window to your psychic abilities. The things that have always called to your soul, they're there for you.
0: Yeah. And even the things that you don't realize, like if you feel like you wasted your life, I actually finished college with an English degree and I was like, I'm not going to use this. I'm just using it to have a piece of paper so I can move on. What mm-hmm. I learned in the English curriculum was how to read and understand archaic English or like old English and middle English, which mm-hmm. I now use to read all of the books and source materials for astrology and it has made it so much easier. (laughs) So like it worked, like I was always going to end up here and Mm -hmm. I got everything I needed along the way, even when it felt like I was totally off track. So, you know, even when I was in not so great relationships and it's like, what was the point of that? But what I learned from mine was, you know, from the background I came from, I held myself to like walk the line and anybody who's off the line feels sorry for them. And I, I would not want to meet myself, my high school self, because I would probably roll my eyes at that person. But from where I am now, it's like, I wouldn't do that experience again, but I'm so glad it happened because mm-hmm. it taught me to stop judging. It taught me you have no place to judge after what you've been through. You would be judging yourself very harshly right now. And for mm-hmm. me, there was this moment where I was I was committed to saving this person's soul. I'll be honest with you. Um, yep. And, <laughs> and one day we were supposed to spend the whole day getting to know each other again and getting back on track with our relationship. And I don't know why my phone's going off right now, but you know what that usually means to me. Yep. So, <laughs> but we were gonna go to my parents' house really quickly first. And I saw my dad at the grill. And this was one of the first moments where I really connected with my guides because I looked at my dad and something in my head said, okay, you're done. And the me who I am suddenly sat in my body Mm -hmm. and the me who I was, was absolutely gone. And I became this version of me. And I took off the engagement ring and threw it, said a curse word for probably the first time in my life. And went and got my stuff from the place that we were living and, you know, took then two or three years to just really work on myself, but it was just this pivot moment. And I've looked at the transits and it's pretty crazy how that all happened, but talk about an activating experience, you Mm -hmm. know, even when it's something that you really wouldn't wish on someone, but since it happened, it was, it was a short, it was a lot of learning in a short period of time for me. And I'm grateful for the result.
1: that is a very good way of putting it. Yeah, I'm also grateful <laughs> for the results. Not all the results, but the most impactful. There are some results. other
0: pieces that that come along with it, but ultimately,
1: yeah. Yeah. Human experience is hard. Let's just put it that way. Like being a person incarnated in 3D reality is just inherently challenging. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it has to be bad. And challenging doesn't mean bad. And I highly encourage you to like disconnect that. Hard doesn't mean bad either. But like sometimes just being a people is a real mission. So
0: validate that too. One of my favorite affirmations is I overcome obstacles with renewed inner strength because that's the inevitable part. It's inevitable Mm -hmm. that if I'm in an obstacle, I'm getting stronger. That's why I like to call it my training montage. So, you know, that was a heck of a training montage and there are still some, some bruises from it. You know, Mm -hmm. I I still get sore. Maybe I twisted an ankle or whatever metaphor you want to go with. Um, whenever conditions are similar, my knee starts twitching. I don't know, but, but it's one of those situations where the best of it that I could get, I I drew from it. And that was definitely a conscious decision. Yeah. Yeah still working on it sometimes I still find things where it's like oh that can be reformed or repurposed and I can Mm -hmm. choose to implement it this way but it's not perfect because we are like you said living a human experience so there is this this dichotomy of this and that and this Mm -hmm. or that um but still I'm having a good time I'm having fun
1: (laughs) and it's by knowing we're neither of us even remotely consider ourselves to be at the end of our spiritual journey, because that's not how it works. There isn't an end where I'm like, I am the most psychic. Like that's never going to happen. It is constant growth. And I'm content with that forever. Give me constant growth forever. I am in Mm -hmm. the best place mentally and spiritually when I am growing. So when it stalls Mm -hmm. out, that's when I freak out (laughs) genuinely. And so I just want to highlight that for anyone who's like, wow, like, yeah, we've come a long way and we've done a lot of work. I know both of us have very similar certifications in many things. We have very similar writing paths, all these different things, because that has been a lot of work, but that doesn't mean that the work is even remotely close to ending. Yeah, I know.
0: And just like you, writing was my escape. I didn't have a lot of friends and I wasn't invited out a lot. So I would come home and just write stories. And that was my socialization. And it was perfect. I loved it. I wasn't even aware that I was not including myself in this other aspect. You know, every once in a while, my parents were like, why don't you go hang out with so-and-so? And And I was like, I would try, but it would never stick. And I would always go back into my book. Um, But speaking of training montages and continuous growth. We do have (laughs) quite a week ahead of us that begins with this this new moon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So new moon in Aries, the first new moon of the zodiacal year. Pretty cool. Um, But it is really a call to adventure. And that's how Mm. I want to see this. Speaking of story structure, right? right? This is a call to adventure. And the call to adventure is not the first thing that happens in a book. The first thing that happens in a book is the establishing of the normal world, right? So a little story structure lesson here. Um, You establish the normal world and set up either the character is content there, but is about to be pulled out of their comfort zone, or they're about to learn why they shouldn't have been content there and something needs to change. And then Mm -hmm. they get invited out of their comfort zone into this adventure that helps them grow and helps them create a new world. Mm -hmm. This is where we're at energetically right now it feels a lot like that so what we have with this new moon in aries uh the new moon itself is closely coming into conjunction with chiron so i want to point that out normally i like i i'm very discerning about when i include chiron into my interpretations because it's a very personal thing very often but this mm-hmm. in transit since the sun's right there um it feels kind of important and i want to make sure i'm looking at the correct chart here there we go. So the, uh, the new moon is at 11 degrees. So that's the sun and the moon with Chiron at 12 degrees. They're right there. And that really shows me that this initiation of this cycle, which is the last new moon before we hit eclipse season, the next new Mm -hmm. moon we have will be an eclipse. So this is saying we are opening ourselves up to healing. And when you open yourself up to healing, you need to let oxygen hit the wound. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're kind of knowing that we may be clenching our teeth through something in this. And I I don't want to sugarcoat either. I also don't want to initiate fear. There's Mm -hmm. no reason to be afraid because you are held through this by your energy, by your guides, by the fact that everything is a cycle. So we are, we will swing back the other way at some point. And I, you know, through April, I'll show you when that's happening as well. And there will be, like I said, the April overview on our, um, YouTube channel on the Alchemist Mm in YouTube, where you can check this out. And I will go into the nitty gritty of every little thing going on, uh, for the purpose of this episode, though, we are looking at some big Saturn energy where saturn at this point is going to be very close to it's just venus is just getting on the other side of saturn at 25 degrees aquarius with saturn at 22 but mars is close behind at 19 now mars and saturn are the two malefics of the chart and Mm -hmm. that's simply holding the space of the denser energy let's put it that way if we want to keep it as neutral as possible Mm -hmm. Saturn tends to be restrictive, holding structure, setting boundaries and holding rules, right? Mars actually is the aggressive, wanting to get things done, kind of barreling through things energy. So when you put restriction and that explosiveness together, what the the way I've been feeling it is it's like a bowstring that's pulled so tight and Saturn is holding it so tense and Mars Mm -hmm. is coming in, plucking it. But it's so tense that if you pluck it, there's gonna be a repercussion. It may snap, and I feel especially since Saturn is in domicile here, it's Mars just is such not.
1: Mars energy. I'm sorry, that's so funny. Yeah. What a good yeah. analogy. It's just an instigator kind of like, energy.
0: Oh, oh, you want yeah. this bear to be poked? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but Saturn's the bear, right? And the bear <laughs> right. is in the bear's cave. Mars is the one that wandered in. Exactly. So Saturn ultimately <laughs> seems to have the upper hand here, but Mars just isn't thinking enough steps ahead. Very impulsive. Um, So it seems like a breaking point of pressure. I also get the sort of um, the teapot, which has built up so much pressure that now the steam has to come out Mm -hmm. in that space. Um, So this is a steam releasing from the valve, healing on the horizon, but you may be feeling the buildup of that pressure Saying mm-hmm. It's time to go into stillness. The new moon is dark, right? The moon is overshadowed completely. The next new moon is going to be an eclipse, a lunar eclipse. So the moon will be even more overshadowed. So that's just this dark healing period. Darkness is not scary or fear. What we're afraid of is vulnerability that comes mm-hmm. along with being in darkness and sitting in that. So one of the things that Emily and I had talked about before we jumped on was sitting with your feelings, Mm-hmm. which is something I can see actually happening in headlines around, around me personally. Venus conjunct Saturn really was saying, Hey, uh, my, my emotions are at the end of their rope and they are also snapping a little bit and I'm going to hold some boundaries and Mars is still included in this. So there may be some, uh, aggressive, e- um, expressions of this energy that comes out. Uh, yeah, Will Smith. <laughs> I, I don't like to name names because i'm sure everybody has examples out there but yeah that was that was archetypally on point point. and if i did look at the charts of the people involved in that incident and they were very much associated with chiron and mars and yeah. situations like that too it's just
1: so one of those things where you can succinctly say like look at this headline this is this energy which is why i call it out because yeah, it is it's such on point
0: the mundane world saying the quiet astrology part out loud Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the affirmation I recommend for this is I release all stress to create space for healing renewal and Mm -hmm. do that through physical stress relief, get a massage, stretch, do these things that really, um, a new energy release technique I learned this week, which seems appropriate is, uh, I was, releasing negative beliefs while exercising. And it just so happened to be a stretching exercise. So as I would do a stretch, as I was feeling the stretch in my body, I would let that stretch feeling be the release of the limiting belief. That's another way that you could do it. Take a walk, take up boxing. I, Personally, I'm Mars ruled. I do have a boxing bag. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I actually love boxing. And there's a reason for that. It's a nice outlet that I can express myself, lean into feelings, frustration, anything that's going on. And I can use the physical connection as a way of representing that in all fields of energy. And again, at the same time, we do have the sun will come to conjunct Chiron later this very same day, followed by transits nearly every day this week until our next episode release as well. So we have transits almost every day up until the 20th of April, believe it or not. So yep, it's, it's a very like, it just keeps rolling. Um, so the 2nd of April, the sun, which is exalted right now in Aries, will conjunct mercury. So you get some really sharp mental, like no filter, you can do things really quickly. You can think really quickly. You can make decisions really quickly. You may also say things really quickly. And since this conjunction with Chiron is still in effect, try to be as conscious and caring as possible with your interactions. When you feel something, maybe take a breath, witness and just acknowledge I'm having a feeling, then decide what to do with that feeling before connecting with another person because they're also going through this. And you are the person who now has the forethought and the foresight to be able to do something with it and make it constructive rather than wounding, which Chiron can also sometimes do. It's the wounded healer. So rather than inflicting a wound, be the healer.
1: It feels very much like the energy of holding like both. And like with so many situations going on right now, it's like this side is not good. And this side is not good. Or I see the energy in this side and how that's beneficial. And I also see energy in this side and how that's beneficial. And they Mm -hmm. feel like they have to oppose each other. They don't. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect week to embrace the everything can be true space yeah. and just sit with that because it feels uncomfortable because we've always been taught like it has to be one or the other you're good or you're bad right this is the sit with it all space yeah. which and understand uncomfortable everything
0: fair. is an archetype right so if you look at Mars yes Mars is the god god of war also sports like uh-huh. if you're feeling aggressive it reminds me of that scene in Mean Girls where Regina George learned how to channel her aggression into field hockey.
1: So Uh she wasn't
0: being horrible to people anymore. She was using that on the playing field, being competitive, but in a safe and secure and contained space that allowed Uh her to do what she needed to do while also creating camaraderie rather Uh than adversity. So just know that there are multiple ways to, you know, there's what more than one way to express something. Uh Um, on the fourth, we get a break on the third, but then on the fourth, this is an important one. Um, Mars can join Saturn. That's that, that bowstring tension Mm. pulling the bowstring kind of situation coming to an exact conjunction because the new moon activates it on the first I'm expecting. We may actually feel it a little bit more potently on the first, but just know it's still accumulating energy up until Mm. the fourth. So that there may still be some tension building at that point. Um, and this is square the moon, which is trine Pluto, and Saturn is square the nodes. So we have a lot of, um, with Saturn being square the nodes, the way that I see this, the nodes are our collective direction. The North node being where we're headed, the South node being what we're decreasing, so to speak. So with Saturn at the square of the nodes, it's like a pivot point um, in releasing sort of energies that we're saying this passes and continues with me, this fails and stays behind. So that's a constructive way to say it. Like, this is no longer working. I'm letting it go, cut and dry. This is continuing to work. It's supportive. I'm going to keep focusing my energy in this direction. And that's really helpful as far as um, being able to see the big picture, which is another thing that'll come up to play later in the month as well as Jupiter will conjoin Neptune. Uh-huh. But so it's, it's a lot of um, extremely tough love maybe in the cards, because Mars being tough, Saturn being restrictive and saying, I only want you to Saturn is the one that sets the curfew and you feel like you're being restricted, but it's because Saturn wants to know where you're at so that they know you're safe. Right. Mm -hmm. Mars is like, I don't want a curfew. I don't need a curfew. I can live my own life. Leave me alone. So you have that kind of tough love feeling going on with, with this energy. Um, and so there may be some personal sacrifice for the greater good, just leaving something behind, which creates yeah. space for more of another something that is going to sustain you, that is going to support you. You may right. be holding on to something that is no longer required and is actually kind of deteriorating your energy, but nostalgia or whatever is causing you to cling to it, release uh-huh. it be decisive, take that Mars energy, take the Saturn energy of just cutting off and say, I, I'm cutting this bond. It's a great time for cutting cords and for releasing things. So, yeah. 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 It's and a then, really
1: intense energy.
0: It's a big one. And it's, you know, it's two major players of that kind of affinity in the Zodiac coming together. It's not one I want to brush off. So I'm glad that we're really looking at it. And then on the next day, Venus will move into pisces so venus is officially out of aquarius away from the malefics and into her sign of exaltation and she will be um mars will take his turn squaring the nodes that day so this is Venus coming into like a spa. Remember she rules Libra and Taurus. So that's her house, which is great. She's got a couch there and she likes relaxing there, but like
1: Pisces,
0: (laughs) Pisces anticipates Venus's arrival. Pisces made up a a guest room for Venus and is like giving Venus the mini fridge and saying, Hey, all expenses paid, you know, really Mm -hmm. treating Venus. So this is the the moment to breathe and to sort of recover and relax and de-stress from anything that may have been going on. Um, It's I, the song daydream believer comes into my head where you get to finally cheer up and you get to be the daydream believer because we have that Neptunian, Jupiterian spiritual energy of Pisces and it's peace. Pisces in its highest expression can be very peaceful and still. And so we have this peace and quiet finally after a little bit of chaos coming in and Venus will be here for a while. It also reminds me of Elsa at the end of Frozen, Uh, at the end of Frozen, where Elsa freezes all the snow around her and just creates this still quiet space even though everything feels devastating, she gives herself this, this almost mental palace among all the chaos. Everything's frozen, people are watching, but she takes a moment for herself. Mm-hmm. And that, that stillness, that profound stillness after a bunch of chaos and wind and all this other stuff just feels like what we're kind of entering into as Venus comes into this moment while Mars is saying, hey, take it or leave it with the stuff that we're, we're moving through right now. And that leaves us with just Mercury sextile Saturn on the seventh. And this actually Mercury sextile Saturn creates opportunities. So this is kind of neat where you have the opportunities to apply new rules to high level, high level future site perspectives. So you're looking ahead, planning ahead and saying, I see what I want to do here. Here are my steps that will get me there. And it's a lot more like creating your goals and to-do lists for a long-term project and accomplishing small goals now that will result in compound effects later. That's the cool. end of this week anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Deep breathing, everybody. Deep Genuinely. breathing. Genuinely. Comfort yeah. items will be huge. Yeah, Spine. schedule yourself your, some spa days. Right, wear your Snuggie. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> Puddle real, your dolls. Real
1: quick, cause we are right at the end here, but I just wanna make sure we get our bookend in. So what nice. have you been reading this month?
0: Okay, so I dove into an audiobook that is 24 hours long. Um, I am reading Warbreaker by mm-hmm. Brandon Sanderson because he released this, these announcements of new books that may be coming out in that universe. So, so I was like, got to get into the universe. I'm about two hours away from the end. We're at the climax, and the resolution is coming. Overall, my impression of the book is really amazing world, some awesome characters, but you could tell the book was released in 2008 or 2009. Because mm-hmm. culturally, we've shifted away, and uh, the female characters for the time may have been considered empowering. But for now, I find myself rolling my eyes and being like, "Oh well, they're only literally." There's a line in there. It's like she's only good for her womb. Of course, she is, because it was 2008. Mm-hmm. And I know. I think you mentioned to me that Sanderson mm-hmm. has since said, "You know, I, I wish I would have done better mm-hmm. with that." And so yeah. I, I'm not holding it against the author at this point. Um, And I'm finishing the story. It's not a DNF by any means, Mm -hmm. but it is just sort of like, well, hopefully now that that's out of the way and we've established the characters enough and given them more of a purpose, (laughs) more of a drive, more of a a motivation, you know, in any books that continue from here, it'll be nice to see them evolve from that. But overall, the story, the world, the magic system, naturally, Sanderson, fantastic stuff. Yeah.
1: Um, I have been so behind on my reading goals. I'm just going to throw that out there, which is frustrating for me, but Weston's now home all the time, which is awesome, but (laughs) makes it harder for me to read or listen to anything. Um, This month I listened to City of Copper by S.A. Chakraborty. I think that's how you say their name and I apologize if I butchered it. It is a high fantasy. The world is so cool. Um, It takes place between, uh, or in the war between like the Ottomans and the Turks, And are the Franks and the Turks. And it's just it's really, really cool uh, in that space. And it's based on very much um, like uh, Arabic lore. It's you're in the world of jinn and everything. I love the world building. But I I really struggled, And again, I'm going to finish it. There's two more books in the series. And I've been struggling with series anyway. So we'll see if I read them genuinely. But I really have struggled with the way the story has played out. I've struggled with a lot of lulls in it. There was like 10 chapters that could have been five chapters. And it would have been just as impactful. And so I really am struggling with it. It's not a bad series. And I love the world. I just wish it would have been done a little bit more succinctly and a little bit more, um, I don't understand the bringing in of these different components and it's been a little frustrating I have like 30 minutes left I'm really near the end so I can't say exactly but I doubt it's going to be fully saved in that time for me Mm. in my eyes again we'll see if I finish the other two so that has been like the big like fiction one I read and then I also read sex and sexuality in ancient Rome by LJ Trafford Um, I want to highlight the picture on the cover really quick it is this woman who is naked I'm not showing it on the screen Uh, and then there is a little Cupid that is peeing through a wreath onto her and that is the best God. statement of sexuality in ancient Rome that I could possibly say so that yeah. was again for the research for my book um La Custa, which I'm writing right. and it's amazing and I love it so that's where I'm at that's what I read
0: yeah I've been doing a lot of source text reading for astrology as well like Agrippa and Ficino and all uh-huh. those you know Valens and things and I'm just loving it I'm preparing for conferences That Um, I'm going to uh, in May and August and for other events that are happening later in the year, um, which I can't announce yet, but I'm so excited. I can't wait to be able to announce it. It's going to be really fun. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I'm making sure that, like, I know the concepts. I'm making sure I know where they come from. Again, that fixed energy in me and my Saturn in Capricorn in the third house is like, yes, but why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... I'm, I'm really diving into the learning aspect and it's a lot and I can, I see you're doing the same thing. And it's just so fun to like, look back and realize how not different things were. Again, my degree right. is actually coming in handy because I can read these older kind of worded texts and laugh because I get their senses of humor, which is really fun. Yeah.
1: I currently have nine books about ancient Rome sitting within arm's reach which I just would like to highlight I think it's hilarious but it also is like interesting when you dive into those spaces especially when you're doing research for a novel specifically which I always want to highlight like whenever you're doing research it is so hard to learn so much and then write one book in it and not write another one and another one and another one so I'm already like I think I'm gonna have to do more in this space which is interesting but yeah and I'm sure it feels the same way with astrology like you learn one concept and it's hard to learn not learn another one another one another one yeah
0: well I wrote um I wrote Tear Down the Sky recently, which is I created a whole world based on astrological worldview and basically Mm -hmm. Avatar the Last Airbender with planet energy. And I keep thinking like, okay, I did that. But if I were a reader, I would want to know more about this. And I have so many characters and so much that comes after that I may end up being one of those authors that's like, okay, this person's story is over, but the world continues. And I might continue to use that world space. We'll see but I don't know yeah. that I'll be able to, to resist it with how much I'm getting into, especially since my next nonfiction book is going to include uh, planetary energy and writing. So yeah.
1: Yeah, Chris and I have a bunch of really fun <laughs> announcements gonna, that are going to come forward this year. So thank you guys for being yeah. on this journey with us. Um, you got this. You genuinely got this. Yeah. I can't say it enough. You will be okay. Yep. We will make it through. It's all uphill from here not in a bad way, but in like, a we're cresting to the top of a mountain. Oh my God, what just happened? She's dying. Laughing. You won't
0: be okay. You didn't hear that.
1: No, you said you got this. And
0: my phone gave me an emergency alert for a weather alert that's happening right now. So I hear you got this. And my phone starts freaking out and panicking. <laughs> and I was just about to say, no matter what your journey is, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and it that's is so don't great. let I like, I, I believe in divine timing and I know that that happened. And I think it was to really diffuse the energy. Yeah. Um, know that this is a time to be aware though, right? Emergency mm-hmm. alert means be aware. It doesn't mean you're going to die. It means be aware, take mm-hmm. like initiative, take enlightened action, not enlightened action. What do you call it? Inspired or, action inspired and aligned, action, aligned action. Action. Yeah. action. Yeah. Make sure that the steps you're taking are the steps you want to be taking the steps that you have decided to take and are empowered in that. And that's how you can translate an invitation to adventure or an alert saying, hey, we're entering into a time, like an emergency alert, we're entering into a time where vigilance is helpful. And we are. But if you are the hero we know you are because you're listening to this podcast, this is your moment. This means the the training montage likely is completed. And now you get to use what you've learned. And that's something mm-hmm. that I know I get excited about. I choose to be excited about opportunities to grow and serve others with the strengths that I've learned. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And you have as much heads up as any hero could have. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. fantastic. Thank you for letting us be a part of your journey. Uh, And Mm -hmm. we will be here next week. But until then, go
1: Go make make some
0: some magic. magic.